One of the things I used to teach the youth back when I was with them was uh, I used to talk a lot about the importance of maintaining an awareness of God's presence, right? I think that's pretty important. Uh, it's, a, it's a spiritual discipline of sorts. You guys familiar with spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices, uh, the kinds of things that we do to orient ourselves to receive from God more openly, more freely. Uh, and it's, it's maybe the easiest spiritual discipline, being aware of God, right? Just being aware. But it's, it's probably also one of the hardest as well, because the trick is in actually remembering to do it. It's hard, because life, right? Everything in the world going on around us and just takes our attention away. We're focused. So to help the youth foster kind of this continual awareness, I would have them put post-it notes uh, in, in random places, like a bathroom mirror or the inside of their locker, right? Or on their boyfriend or girlfriend's forehead, because that's an awesome time to remember that, you know, God's with you, right? <laughs> right? I used to put a, a poster of Jesus, like, poking around the corner in dark areas in the youth building. <laughs> so when mobile phones became more prevalent, right, our iPhones and Samsung devices and whatnot, I started having them put reminders in their, like, reminder apps or whatever, right? Uh, and they would go off at random times, you know, whatever. It would just set it up randomly. And so all of this as a, is a practice I learned from a pastor named Greg Boyd. It's one of those things I began to do in my own life, and I found it to be so helpful that I wanted to share this with the kids. And these post-it notes and phone notifications, uh, they served as gentle reminders, right, that in every moment of every day, we are all completely submerged in the love of God. Amen? It's so, like we believe that, but do we believe that, right? So again, the trick to this discipline is actually remembering to be aware of this reality, that you are constantly always submerged in the love of God. And so on those notes and reminders, uh, I'd have them write a single phrase. You want to know what that was? Are you awake? Are you awake? I mean, can you imagine getting a notification on your phone that says, are you awake? Well, yeah, I'm awake. But are you, though? Really? Are you awake to God in this moment? My hope was that they'd see these things, these reminders, these notes, and it would remind them of this fundamental reality uh, and that it would help them foster an awareness of and relationship to God in their lives. Cool? So... Are you awake? I don't believe it. Not a bit. Hey, I got less sleep than y'all, I promise. <laughs> Are you awake? Yes. All right. So what's with the space video? <laughs> when the cool factor of that wears off, you know, about halfway through, and you're like, man, how far is this going? It's still zooming out. Every one of those rings that you saw up there was a... 10x demagnification, right? Zooming out 10 times. So, yeah, about halfway through, you start going, man, we're still, we're still doing this. How far does this thing go? My goodness. Uh, what I hope is that you have a similar reaction to my own. 
And I apologize for this, but what my hope is that somewhere at that point, you go, man, we're really small. We're, we're really insignificant, <laughs> right? To realize, to get a sense of how small and insignificant you really are. You're nothing. Yeah. So again, you know, part of that, it's not really fun to grapple with, but I think it's important. It sets us up for what's next, though. So, on September 5th, 1977, NASA launched a space probe called Voyager 1. Pretty cool. Its purpose was to explore the outer solar system, and as of this morning, it has been in continual operation for 40 years and 11 months. 40 years. It's still going. It's still communicating with the Deep Space Network, sending and receiving data. Super neat. On August 25th, 2012, what, six years ago-ish, uh, about 35 years after it launched, Voyager 1 became the first spacecraft to leave our solar system. And at about 13.23 billion miles away, it is the spacecraft most distant from Earth. That's a long way. There's a piece of us, right? Our history. Zooming away at 11 miles per second into the final frontier. <laughs> How cool is that? I think that's really cool. It kind of messes with my head. On February 14th, Valentine's Day of 1990, shortly after Voyager 1 passed Saturn, it's about 13 years into its journey, NASA turned Voyager 1's cameras back toward Earth to take what would be the first ever family portrait of our solar system. They didn't expect to be able to see the Earth because we're so far away. But they were blessed with an opportunity to see something no one else in history had ever seen. This is what they saw. Do you see about halfway up in that orangish beam, that pale blue dot? You see that? That's us. Six billion miles away. That's the earth. That's our home. Carl Sagan, the founder of the Planetary Society, had this to say. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization. Every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, 
every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. There is a recording on YouTube that you can listen to him actually giving that speech. I've never been able to watch it without getting teary-eyed. He goes on and has quite a bit more to say. Uh, and I encourage you to go look that up. So, we are so very small and insignificant. Taking up just a fraction of a fraction of a pixel. Right? To quote Sagan again, the earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. But there's something else I wanted you to see in this video. You saw at the end where it zoomed back in, right, to where we started, and then it kept going, right? What did you see? You know, it drilled down into the submicroscopic. We got into DNA and then atoms and then the electrons floating around them. What you didn't even see is that it even goes further than that, down to the quarks and the strings, right? What are those? <laughs> I don't know. You see, we're also quite large and important. It's a matter of perspective, right? The scripture Pastor Larry read in Psalm 8, it said, When I look up at your skies, at what your fingers made, the moon and the stars that you set firmly in place, what are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? You've made them only slightly less than divine, crowning them with glory and grandeur. You've let them rule over your handiwork, putting everything under their feet. That same sort of duality is here, isn't it? We're nothing, but we're almost everything. Right? We're nothing, but we're not. God thinks you're pretty special, to quote VeggieTales. <laughs> and he loves you very much. All around you is this unfathomably large universe. And all around you is an unfathomably small universe. And here we are, smack in the middle. It's, that's interesting, isn't it? It goes down just as far as it goes out. It's wild. How cool is that? Billions of light years away, some unknown planet is whirling around some unknown sun in some unknown galaxy, and we aren't even aware of it. We don't even know it exists. That really messes with my head. I mean, really. And just outside, in a droplet of water on a blade of grass, there is an incredibly complex microscopic world playing out right around you all the time, everywhere. It's happening. Billions and billions of things, a billion billion things are happening around you all day, every day, and we don't even think about them, right? We're not even aware of it. That also really messes with my head. The thing that I, I think that's so special about this, well, I'll come back to that. Uh, there's an online tool, uh, scaleoftheuniverse.com. It's got like a little slider that you can scroll back and forth, right? It'll zoom in and zoom out. And it shows you kind of the relation, uh, how, how big things are compared to other things. And it's super neat. I think the Minecraft world is even in there. 
uh, it's really cool. I encourage you to go check that out when you get home or whenever you have a chance. Uh, so now, obviously, we can't walk around noticing these things all day, every day, right? If I walked around thinking about the unknown planet around the unknown sun and the unknown galaxy, I wouldn't get anything done, right? <laughs> or if I walked around and I was so s- immersed in the, the water droplet on the blade of grass, well, there's a billion of them, <laughs> you know? You can't do that and function. Generally speaking, human brains are really good at filtering out unnecessary noise that it doesn't think deserves our attention. Even things that are really like right in front of us, it can filter them out. Uh, You know, you see advertisements on the side of the road less and less, not because they're not there, but because your brain filters them out. Uh, If our brains weren't geared this way, we would be constantly overwhelmed with sensory input. We would be, we would have a very difficult time functioning. But that does not mean that we should never notice them. Are you awake? Our lives are filled with seemingly ordinary objects that at one time were considered revolutionary. (laughs) Things we tend to take for granted until they stop working. Like air conditioners, right? Air conditioners. Man, I love air conditioning. It's hard to imagine not having that. And then you don't, and it sucks. <laughs> Fitness One had two units out this week, and my workouts were not much fun. Uh, a lot of sweat. Uh, or like the mobile phone you carry around in your pocket, right? And sometimes drop on concrete. <laughs> It has a, a hundred times more processing power than a supercomputer from just 30 years ago. What? Oh, hey. Whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, really, we treat them like they're garbage, kind of because it's ordinary, right? In your pocket. It's crazy. You can use that thing to have real-time video conversation with people across the globe from the palm of your hand. And that just blows my mind. It would blow yours too if you thought about it for a second. The marvel of that thing, right? Thanks, Steve. Do you know how a microwave works? Inside the box, there's this microwave generator. It's called, you ready for this? A magnetron. What? A magnetron. When you start cooking, the magnetron takes electricity from the power outlet and converts it into high-powered radio waves, of all things. The magnetron blasts these waves into the food compartment, and they bounce around. They go through this thing called the waveguide, and the microwaves bounce back and forth inside the microwave food compartment. And when they reach the food, they don't simply bounce off the food, right? Radio waves, like they can go through your walls in your house, you know? Microwaves do the same thing with food, and as they travel through food, some of their energy is transferred to the molecules in the food, right, which causes them to vibrate faster. Things that vibrate have heat, and as they vibrate faster and faster, they get hotter and hotter. That's why you can cook meat in six times as fast in a microwave, because it's just, it's speeding up the molecules. That's so neat. There's so many things around us that we never notice. Because we don't know they exist, we can't see them, or because they're ordinary, right? 
Have you ever seen the inside of a sea turtle's mouth? It's terrifying. Terrifying. Did you know that lemons are segmented just like oranges? I didn't either. I mean, who in the world peels a lemon? (laughs) Have you ever heard of river dolphins? There's actually a species of dolphin that lives in rivers. And it's pink. It also looks mean and playful. That's scary. You know, we're used to seeing dogs from above. We always look down on them. But have you ever wondered what they look like from underneath? (laughs) Pretty weird, right? What are you willing to notice? My daughter, Olivia, ever since she was very small and she could say the word moon, uh, we'd go outside in the evening and she would see the moon, and she would say, Dad, look, the moon, the moon. And, you know, for the first several times, I'm talking, this was a daily thing, right? Uh, For the first several times, I was like, wow, look, isn't that cool? Yeah, the moon, the moon. But after a while, it was, yeah, I know. (laughs) It's been there all my life. It's going to be there, all yours, Lord willing. But one day I'm standing there with her, and as she's gawking at the moon for the 93rd time, God says to me, she's right, you know. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, my gosh, she is. That's amazing. There's a hunk of rock whirling around us, 239,000 miles away, glowing brightly in the sky because... A a giant ball of burning gas, 93 million miles away, is giving off so much light that it reflects off of that thing and comes back down to us. (laughs) What? When you take a moment to think about it, all of a sudden, whoa, that's so neat. These kinds of things are so easy to ignore. We'll go on ignoring them or never noticing them or thinking about them. Uh, But I think something magical can happen when we take a moment to really see the world around us. It presents us with an opportunity to notice and to learn something new. And see, I think noticing and learning new things is kind of important. Why? Well, for starters, novelty protects our brains. Novelty protects our brains from deteriorating and has been shown to delay the onset of Alzheimer's and dementia. When we stop learning, our brains stop creating new pathways and things go downhill pretty rapidly. This, this hits especially clo- close to home to me. Both of my grandparents are experiencing this and it, and it breaks my heart. It's not a future that I want for myself, right? And so I am devoted to learning, always. But why else? Are you awake? That's why. Novelty keeps us on our toes. It keeps us engaged in the now, in the present. Have you ever watched an infant who's not sleeping? What are they doing? 
right? They're taking it all in. Learning, exploring. They are extremely curious. They are completely, utterly in the moment. I'm sure you've seen toddlers and young children enter a cool new space. What do they look like? Right? I love that look. They're walking around, staring in amazement, taking it all in, learning, creating memories, completely submerged in that moment. So why does this matter? Why does staying present matter? It's the only place that we can actually be. We can't be 10 minutes ago. We can't be 10 years ago. We can't be 35 years from now. The past is gone and the future is not yet. What we have, all we have, is this present moment. Right now. And now. And now. That's it. Everything that matters to you is right now. Right now is the only time we can experience the wonder that is human connection. Right now is the only time you can gaze into your lover's eyes. I'm not talking about looking up here at me, unless you're you. This present moment is literally all we have. On the road back from our vacation, we passed a really bad wreck somewhere in Alabama or Louisiana or something. It looked like the front end of the car was completely smashed into the rest of the car. Uh, I, don't, I don't think those folks made it. And it was kind of heartbreaking seeing it. And I couldn't help but wonder, what were they doing just before? Were they worrying about yesterday or tomorrow? Or were they in the moment, enjoying each other? In an instant, it was over, right? I have such a hard time with this. I am such a destination-oriented person that I'm, I'm thinking about whether I can finish a four-hour float trip on the Buffalo River in two. Even though that's not really what I want to do, that's what I'm thinking about, Right? I get so caught up in the goal that I miss the journey. I get so wrapped up in the future that I can completely ignore the beauty around me. The point of the trip, the float trip, wasn't to reach the end, right? It, it's to float. I get laser focused on that word trip, and I think point A to point B, right? The goal. The thing is, if this moment is all we have, then the journey is the goal. It's kind of the whole point. Now. But why else does staying present matter? Are you awake? That's why. Right now is where God is. In the scriptures, God is not called the great I was. He isn't called the great I will be. He's called the great, right, the great I am. God is right now, always. 
Because this present reality is the only reality we can experience, and the single most important aspect of this reality is that God is present every moment. God has been present in every moment of the past, of course, and he will be present for every moment in the future, of course. But God is only alive and active in your life right now. That's it. Yes, he will be 10 minutes from now, but you can't experience that right now. Only right now. Most of the time, we are so, well, me anyway, we're so absorbed with the past or the future uh, and the constant chatter in our heads prevents us from seeing that we are drowning in the loving presence of God. Every moment of every day. Jesus told us that Whatever else is going on in our lives, our ultimate goal is what? To seek first the kingdom of God. You know what? You can only do that right now. (laughs) When we do this, we transform seemingly ordinary moments into sacred moments. Are you awake? Novelty and being present allow us to reawaken the wonder of of our childhood. To approach our moments with a a renewed sense of awe, like a kid walking into Chuck E. Cheese for the first time. I mean, picture that. Imagine if you could approach every moment that way. Just open your eyes and look around. Uh, There is something waiting to blow your mind, I promise. And the thing is, is God will be there delighting in you. The only question is, are you awake?